I also think that bringing the body into any of our healing work helps us get out of our head. Like we're, as humans, really good at thinking and theorizing and figuring it out and using our brains in that sort of manager thinking part versus going inside and listening and feeling and tolerating different difficult feelings. We're not super experienced at that. And I think it's a practice that is good for all of us. Hi, I'm Biz Kush, a life coach and therapist and your host here on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. We're talking to women all over the world who found their way back to themselves, to their inner knowing, to their intuition, to their wisest self. We're exploring how to feel alive, authentic, engaged, and fully present in your life. Let's awaken your wise woman. Hi, and welcome to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. I am very excited to have you here. I'm the host, Biz Kush, and if you haven't listened before, welcome. If you have, I am very excited to talk about our topic today. Today is a solo episode, so it's just me, and I'm going to be talking about the recent IFS conference that I attended and what my takeaways were. If you don't know what IFS is, it's the Internal Family Systems Method or Model for Therapy, where... The idea is we all have a system of parts and that when we strengthen our relationship from self, from ourself, which we all have a self to our wisest, most centered part of us, that when we create a relationship with self and parts, we show up in the world differently, more relaxed, more at ease, more ourself. And that doesn't mean that our parts don't come into play because I have a very good manager part that helps keep me on track with my podcast and my business and lots of other parts too. But when I can be in relationship with those parts from myself, life is easier with myself and with others. My relationships are better. My relationship with myself is better. With my parts are better. That means I show up in the world better. So. I got to attend the IFS conference in Denver about a month ago, and it was really awesome for lots and lots of reasons, but I got to meet some of the podcast guests that I had never met in person. So Michelle Glass and Michelle Richardson, I heard that Jan O'Sullivan was there too, although I didn't, I did not meet her face to face. So that was really fun to connect with people that I hadn't met in person. I also got to meet some of the trainers and attendees of trainings that I had been to. So the Somatic IFS training that I went to in January of this year out in California. Got there was quite a few people from that training there. My lead trainer for the level one of IFS was there, Paul Ginter, and such a nice man. Got to meet him and hear him speak. And so it was it was wonderful from that perspective of meeting people face to face that I'd only met online. 
It was challenging too because not only was I there in person, but it was long, long days, long trainings. Each training was probably three hours long with a break for lunch, but then you're eating lunch in a huge group of people. And often at least one of the days, there was also some informational stuff happening, a talk happening at lunchtime too. So it was a lot, it was a lot to process. It was a lot to take in for my sensitive system. And it was amazing because the second day that I was there, well, the first day that I was there, I attended two really wonderful trainings. One was about really honoring those manager parts that often get overlooked because they seem to do just such a good job on their own. And yet they often hold burdens and work really, really hard for us to show up in the world in the way we want to, but also just to have a lot of compassion for how hard they work. But another training on cultural burdens, which was very interesting too. Not my favorite training, and not that I don't appreciate that cultural burdens are a thing. It just, the presenter wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. Presenters. My favorite part of the training was the fact that I explored two different modalities with movement and body embodying my parts. And so one was yoga and IFS, and the other one was using dance and authentic movement and bringing in parts work. And both of those were just so great, not only because I wasn't just sitting for three hours, we were actually up and active and working one-on-one together with with other participants, but also just bringing my body into the experience just releases something different for me. It helps me better feel in touch with parts in a way that's almost hard to describe because it's such an internal process, but it was was really great. And I have done a lot of work with bringing my body into, you know, better understanding my feelings and my parts and the burdens that I carry, both through my own IFS therapy, through authentic movement, which I know I've talked about here and probably could do an episode more in depth here about authentic movement. And in many ways, it's like trusting your that your body knows how to move to help to work through stuck stuff, whether it's exiled parts or wounds or bur- burdens that we carry, that those release without us actually having to do anything. I haven't had a regular yoga practice in a while, but I do practice yoga on my own occasionally. And I understand the benefits of yoga, but bringing yoga poses and yoga, sort of the yoga mindset into parts work was beautiful. That I think was my favorite piece of the experience. There was one segment of the training where 
they had us imagine polarized parts. So parts that often bang heads, right? So parts that have polarizing ideas or thoughts and then bringing movement and gesture and poses that would represent those two opposing parts and really listening and like moving back and forth between those two parts in an interesting way sort of brought more understanding between the parts. They became less polarized just through the movement, which kind of blew my mind. It was really, really, really cool and something I hope to kind of explore more in the future of my own journey. Breath work has also been an important, newer, important part of my embodying and releasing of stuff that I carry that maybe I don't even know that I carry. And using controlled breath work along with a facilitator, it's just, again, something I would like to explore further here on the podcast with a guest that can (laughs) probably bring a better perspective. I know what it does for me, but I'm not 100% sure why it works and what the history of it is. I've also done some Koya. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but basically using your body to move through stuck stuff, things that need to work through and just really reconnecting with your body in a more playful, fun way. And I think what I appreciate about all of these practices is that we are bringing ourselves into the work in a way that's non-judgmental, playful, and open and curious. Because really one of the lead characteristics of ourselves, one of the main, what do they call the eight C's, is curiosity. And so if we can enter these practices with a curious mindset, we're less likely to judge or to look at ourselves like, I'm not doing this right or feeling awkward or silly. It's just, let's be curious and see what it feels like to play this way. I also think that bringing the body into any of our healing work helps us get out of our head. Like we're, as humans, really good at thinking and theorizing and figuring it out and using our brains in that sort of manager thinking part versus going inside and listening and feeling and tolerating different difficult feelings. We're not super experienced at that. And I think it's a practice that is good for all of us. I think about As young kids, how easy it was to just play when we were really little and not think so much about how we looked when we were playing. It just felt fun. How easily we were able to get curious and bring that curiosity into our experiences. So I think there's a little bit of that too. 
And I've been working on bringing that embodied inner work into both my therapy and coaching practices because one, I think it's really, really important. And two, it's a little bit hard for me to do because uh, my whole practice is virtual. So bringing body work into virtual practice is a little more challenging because we're still on video and we're not in person. And it works. It can happen. I have clients who really can tap into their parts through their body in a way that just always blows my mind and leaves me so amazed with the work my clients are willing to do. Two weeks ago, I had a group, my uh, highly sensitive women group, and we did an embodied practice through Koya where the first part was, it was in three parts. And the first part was like when we're in a rush and what it feels like in our body to rush and push and be stressed out and how we feel about ourselves or how we feel about that feeling. The second part was shaking off that feeling, getting into our bodies and like a dog when he shakes off after he's been barking at something, you know, and just shakes his whole body and gets the releases the tension and stress in their bodies that way animals do naturally. The practice of Koya helped us do that, shake it off. And lastly, we just did a free movement to a beautiful song and just move gently and however our bodies wanted to move. And some of the women sat through the movement. They didn't get up and stand up because of their own physical limitations. Some people really danced. We all did it off screen. So we didn't feel like others were watching us, but it was beautiful and brought up a, an amazing discussion around movement and how we feel what parts get activated when we're moving. And just the experience of watching the video of this uh, woman, whose name I'm forgetting, but I will put in the show notes, who has this Koya practice and lots of free videos online. So it was really cool. It was a really, really cool thing. And bringing more fully my intention over the next year and plus is to really bring internal family systems, IFS, more fully into my therapy and coaching practices. So helping my me, you know, doing my own work to bring my myself into therapy and recognize when it's my parts showing up, but also helping clients tap into their parts so that they can create better relationships with their parts from their self-energy. And I can share with you that knowing that every part has a good intention has created, for me, helped me create such a different relationship with my anxious parts, my scared, fearful parts, and my exiled parts, the parts who, that were wounded years and years ago that held on to those wounds and then the protectors built up around them. 
allowing me to see the protector's intentions and how hard they've worked over the years to keep that those feelings at bay, like protect me from feeling how hard it was then. That dynamic of loving the protector, hearing the exile, being able to help it release its burdens has just been a beautiful process for me and helped me feel so much more at home and settled and present in me. I feel like at 63, I am showing up in the most authentic way probably than I ever had in my whole life. And some of that is age. Some of that is the wisdom with aging. But also so much of it is the work that I've done, the inner work that I've done with my parts, with myself to heal. And I think what I appreciate so, 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 so much about IFS is that because the lens is so non-judgmental, it's curious, creative, confident, clear, there's more C's that I'm not remembering, that we are seeing ourselves, but also others. So we're seeing our parts. We're working with our parts from those from that that non-judgmental lens, which then helps us see others in the same way, non-judgmentally, with care and compassion and love. And I do believe. that our own personal work then reflects out into the world and our work with others, whether it's through therapy or just relationship building with others, whether it's just us interacting with other people in the world. I think that this model has the potential to impact all of us in a really beautiful way. And I know sometimes it sounds a little cultish and it's not though. It's just so healing and it's such a different model from the medical model of you're sick here's medicine to heal you go on your way figure it out instead it's here are the tools to help you heal yourself here are the tools to help you find balance and connection within. I think it upends that patriarchal colonialism, colonial medical. It's a much more liberatory method where we are recognizing all humans as valuable, all their parts as valuable, and that every human has self-energy, everyone. And if we can bring that forth in the world, we are relating better to each other just from that space.
And I think what helped open me up to begin this practice with IFS, begin my own therapy, be comfortable in a space where I felt like I could explore in depth some of the wounds and really working with my protective parts was starting off my journey with a self-compassion practice. Because if we can't relate to ourselves and from a compassionate place, it makes the work the work much harder. Like that compassion needs to almost be the starting point where the thawing begins. That as we learn to treat ourselves kindly and compassionately, it just opens the door for so much healing inside. Another piece of the work that has really spoken to me in IFS and my own work, and I've been doing some training in this as well, is in the releasing of legacy burdens. So the things we carry that came to us through the legacy of our ancestors. And oftentimes it may feel like these burdens might feel like ours, but as we explore with our parts, we find out that oftentimes these burdens that are carried come from our ancestry, come from the legacy of the burdens that our ancestors carried that were then passed down to us. So I'm trying to think of an example. Well, all right. So being a highly sensitive person with a lot of needs and a lot of emotions and a lot of needing to be seen with compassion and kindness, there wasn't a lot of space for feelings in my lineage. I come from New England stock, who then were coming over from Europe probably most likely England, I think is the, you know, Great Britain is the majority of my heritage. And so those ancestors, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of space, there was not a lot of space for feelings and emotional expression. And so I took on the burden of being too much, that my emotions were too much, that I was too sensitive, that I was the problem, not that this burden was the problem. And being able to, through therapy, release that back to my ancestors, give it back to say, this isn't mine. I don't need to carry this. I can be a sensitive soul and show up as me in that sensitive way, and I am enough. So as we release those legacy burdens, taking in qualities that our ancestors maybe didn't get, but that we did not get, taking in the quality of I am enough, that my feelings are valid, that being sensitive is beautiful has been really just such a blessing, such a blessing for me.
And I think for my ancestors too, because I think they're receiving some of that as well as I do this work. Hmm. And so all that is to say, this is the work that I bring in with my clients. This beautiful unfolding, whether we're really doing in-depth, quote unquote, IFS work, my lens with all my clients is I am listening for parts. I am validating parts. I am helping clients recognize when it's their parts that are showing up versus themselves. And if their parts are overactivated, not putting shame and blame and judgment upon those parts, but validating how hard those parts are working to keep those exiles and the system safe. And then once we create a better relationship with those protective parts, we can help to heal the wounds, help to go a little bit deeper and release some of those exiles' burdens. So if you are interested in doing this work with me, I would love to talk to you. I have space open in my therapy practice. I am accepting new clients from uh, residents of Maryland and Delaware for virtual therapy. I also have spots open for coaching, life coaching for highly sensitive women. And if you are on my email list, if you are a subscriber, I am offering a 10% discount off on the price if you sign up before the new year. So you'll get a code if you sign up for the newsletter. I will be sending out emails through the newsletter on the code, but also how to schedule a 30-minute free call with me to see if coaching is the right next step. So you would talk to me first. Then if you were interested in coaching and wanted to sign up, you would get a a 10% off code. And that's a pretty good deal. So to sign up for the newsletter, you go to elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash sign up. If you are already a subscriber, you get my newsletter. You'll get the opportunity to book a 30-minute call. And with that 30-minute call, if you decide to sign up with me, I will give you a, a, a 10% off discount code. It's that simple. And I hope you do. I hope you call in. I hope you book a call with me so that we can figure out what the right next step is for you. Embodying the work is really important and we're not super good at it. And so this is your opportunity to help you bring your body, your soul, yourself, your parts into the work to find a deeper level of healing, of understanding, of compassion, of curiosity into the next part of your journey. As always, thank you so much for spending time with me here today. I've appreciated you listening and tuning in and being a part of this podcast. 
And I really look forward to connecting with you next time here on the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music by Andy Cush, sound editing by Laura Disler, and show notes by Kathy Cush. If you'd like more information about me, Biz Cush, and the resources shared today, go to awakenyourwisewoman.com.